I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. Yes, this is episode two of season two. And what are we talking about for today's episode? Some very well-known classic attractions at Disney parks, which are based on movies, which not a lot of people know. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are familiar with rides like Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, rides that have been turned into movies. Um, And they might be familiar with some rides that have been adapted from movies. That are not, not, which the movies not many people know. Speaking of that, there's going to be a Jungle Cruise movie next year with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt. Oh, that's good to know. So that's based on the ride, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to be discussing specifically rides that are based on movies that people might not even realize were actually movies. But before we get into that, we want to do one of our new segments on this birthday. Again, what this segment's about is that I give Ezra a celebrity's birthday, and he then tells what happened or what came out on that day. For this uh, segment, we are going to do Emma Stone. Yeah. And her birthday was November 6, 1988. So, Ezra, what, if anything, came out on November 6th? Oh, I know some a lot of good examples. 2007 was... The DVD release for Ratatouille and November 6th, 2009 was the Disney film A Christmas Carol that starred Jim Carrey. And 2015 on her birthday was the Peanuts movie, the computer animated film based on the Peanuts cartoon created by Charles Schultz. Nice. And then last year on her birthday, November 6th, was the Blu-ray and DVD release for The Incredibles 2. Nice. Okay. So a lot of things came out on November 6th, so that's very cool. And a couple years from now, she'll star in in another live-action Disney remake called Cruella, an origin story about the iconic Disney villain Cruella de Vil from 101 Dalmatians and how she becomes a terrifying and evil legend and villain that we all know. So Emma Stone is playing Cruella. Yes. Okay, awesome. And on this episode, we're also going to introduce another new segment, this one we are calling Word of the Day. It's time for Word of the Day. New words you could say. New words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for Word of the Day. We tell you a word. It could be about movies or technology or anything. And then we tell you what it means. So for this episode, the Word of the Day is Dark Ride. A dark ride is an attraction which they have at a lot of different parks, especially probably well-known Disney parks. And they are rides that are indoors where you ride in a vehicle. And they're like, the cars are usually like themed what the ride is. And it goes indoors and it's dark because it's inside a building. So it's not dark because the subject material is in some way dark. Or scary. Or scary. But rather, it's just simply describing the fact that it's inside, and so it's actually literally dark inside. Yeah, yeah. Like, many of these well-known rides that are dark rides have robot-like figures that are animated called audio animatronics. They were originally invented in the 1960s, and some of the first attractions to have those was Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, 
Walt Disney's The Enchanted Tiki Room, and it's a small world. So we are going to be talking about some dark rides on this episode, but are there a couple of examples that you could share of dark rides, say, at Disneyland? Like Snow White's Scary Adventures, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Haunted Mansion. There are lots of different dark rides they have in all the Disney parks, and also at non-Disney theme parks, too, they have similar rides like that. Well, that's the word of the day, and we'll definitely be talking a little bit more about dark rides further on in this episode. So now I think with that said, it's time for our feature presentation. Okay, so as we said, we're going to be talking specifically about rides that are based off of movies that you, the audience, may not be familiar with. But Ezra, you actually know a lot about these movies. Yeah. So with that said, let's get started with the first ride, which is... Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Right. Okay, so tell us about the ride. What is it? When was it made? And where can you ride it? At Disneyland... It was one of the original attractions that opens, as well as one of the few original Disneyland rides that is still operating at the park today. Although the current version of the ride opened in 1983 when Fantasyland got her new look. So it was revamped in the 80s. Yeah, that area. And those rides, those dark rides that had cutouts, later became audio animatronics. Gotcha. So this ride was at the Magic Kingdom Park at Disney World which that was one of the original attractions at the Magic Kingdom when it opened in 1971. And then it closed in 1998 and was later replaced by a Winnie the Pooh ride. So what actually happens on this ride? On that ride, you go in Mr. Toad's motor car and you go through the English countryside and there's the police who's trying to make you slow down and then you starts to become scarier and darker later and start and you looks like you're going to hell. Yeah, and so you actually, in the ride, you go, or miss, you see the sort of story of Mr. Toad as he gets confronted by demons. By a judge, yeah. It's based on the, the segment called The Wind in the Willows, originally part of a classic Disney film from 1949. And what was the name of that film? It was called The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. That segment was based on a classic literary story about Mr. Toad and the motor car. And he's obsessed with vehicles, Mm -hmm. and he's kind of mischievous, and the other characters are a rat, a mole, and a badger. Yeah, so what happens in the movie? He finds a motor car, and people think he stole a motor car, and he goes on trial even though he's innocent and the one who didn't do the crime. I see. They think Winky, who's the... Who is a barman who is also a leader of some ruthless and scary weasels, is the one. And then he goes to jail, even though he wasn't the one responsible for it. Yeah, Mr. Toad goes to jail. Yeah, even though he's not the one responsible for the crime. So what happens next? Then he finds a way to escape from jail, and he teams up with Rat and Mole and Angus McBadger to reveal the truth to everybody that that it's someone else who was responsible for the crime. Yeah, the barman, Winky. And then we think Mr. Mr. Toad has learned a lesson with vehicles, but then at the end he get, he finds a plane and that shows how he's he can't let go of transportation and vehicles. <laughs> yeah, so... so. But he loves adventure and he loves traveling. Right. So a funny thing is, is that in the ride itself, there is that scene where Mr. Toad goes to hell and gets confronted by a judge who's actually a demon, that never happens in the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. Why Why is that even in the ride? What is that about? Maybe because I'm not sure why it, there's a hell 
horror theme on that ride that wasn't in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody was just having fun with the imagining the ride, what happened in the ride, and they just wanted to spice it up a little bit. And yeah, who knows? The ride, it was originally planned to be a roller coaster, but it became a dark ride because Walt Disney only wanted attractions that were appropriate for all ages and didn't have a height requirement, which was the park was like originally when it opened. Yeah, that's that's no longer the case. Disney has a few roller coaster rides. Space Mountain, for instance. The one at Disney World, which had two separate tracks, was a very popular attraction, but it sadly closed in 1998 mm-hmm. to get replaced by The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And despite its closing, there was an online protest when the internet was different then before the modern digital internet age called Save Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and people protested to stop it from closing, but... They couldn't save it, so it closed and became an attraction based on something more popular and more known. We all know is Winnie the Pooh. And that's actually a common theme with a few of the rides we're going to be talking about, is that they would later be replaced by, I'd say, more well-known properties in, in Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, And also, despite how Mr. Toad closed, there are a few things you can notice from it. You were telling me about this. On As you can notice when you're on the Winnie the Pooh ride, which is there now at, Dis- at Magic Kingdom Park, you can see that one of Owl's pictures has a picture of him with Toad, and Toad is giving the deed to Owl. Another <laughs> one has a picture of Winnie the Pooh with Mole, Toad's sidekick. Mm-hmm. Also, outside the Haunted Mansion, there's the Pet Cemetery, which has a grave and has a statue of Mr. Toad, which, as a tribute to that former attraction, and some people believe what it says is, Here lies Toad. Sad but true, he was never as marketable as Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's interesting, though. All right, so that's really interesting. So that's just one ride. So another ride that was based off a movie that people might not know about is Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain, which opened at Disneyland. It opened at Disneyland uh, in uh, 1989. Yeah, for its 34th anniversary. And then another version of it would open at Disney World. October of 1982, and then also that same time was one in Tokyo Disneyland. So what is the ride for people who might not have gone on it before? It's a log flume ride where you go on it, and it's also part of its indoors, a dark ride, where it features those animatronic like animals and the main character, whose name is Br'er Rabbit. And he goes on an adventure, but then he encounters two scary, pesky fellows named Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. Who are chasing him, trying to catch him and eat him. Yeah, and on that ride, there's also the laughing place where two sneaky and pesky vultures who are pretty scary looking force you to laugh. (laughs) Yeah, so you see this adventure of Br'er Rabbit as he goes through all these different areas. He's running away from home. He's looking for adventure. He gets into various dire situations, meets a lot of different characters, and it's a water ride, so you're splashing around, having a lot of fun. And yeah. at the end of the ride, it's happier and it has the iconic song Zippity Doodah. Br'er Rabbit's back at home, safe from those scary thugs. Yeah. The fox and the bear are now being chased away by an alligator. So it's a fun ride. And like you mentioned, there's the iconic song Zippity Doodah. What people might not know this ride is based on a classic Disney film from 1946, a part, mostly live action, but partly animated, called The Song of the South. It was based on the classic Uncle Remus literary stories, and it has not been released on home video in the U.S. due to a racial controversy. Right, so there's some controversy about the film. 
or a lot of controversy about the film because of its depiction of slavery. So the film is set post-slavery in the 1870s, I want to yeah, say. During, yeah, during the time of like when people have lived sheltered lives in prairie kind of areas in the Midwestern United States. So it has this depiction of black Americans of that time and it's considered offensive because it seems to depict slavery in a very positive light. Which most people don't buy that. Yes, most people think that slavery is bad. And so because of that, because of that depiction, that movie has never been released on video in the US. You can find clips of it on YouTube and things like that, but they're mostly from bootleg copies. And it's also found in the in the film archives. Yes, but it hasn't been released from the film archives. Yeah. So but it has been released on video internationally though. Right. So it's to me what's interesting is that Splash Mountain this very cheerful happy-go-lucky ride takes some source material from this movie that has a lot of controversy surrounding it so i find that really interesting yeah why they made that decision why they chose to repurpose that song in particular which was sung in the movie by uncle remus uncle remus by a former slave zippity doodah the iconic classic disney song is also the second second disney song to win an Academy Award. First being When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Right. Which is easily the theme song of the Disney company and the most iconic Disney song. And Zippity Doodah would probably be the second most well-known. Home sweet home is the lesson today. I'm glad to be here and I'm sure gonna stay. Yeah, so I, to me it's interesting because, like, obviously there there's something really appealing about that song. It has this unfortunate history attached to it, mm-hmm. but clearly there is still some value. There's still some power in that song that they were able to take it and reuse it in a new situation and, and sort of give it a more positive history. Yeah, interesting, yeah. So that was Splash Mountain. Another ride based on a movie that people might not know is... 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. So the interesting thing about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, I believe it was opened at Disney World, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, Opened when the park opened in 1971. Just a week after it opened. Then in 1994, it was closed for, quote, repairs. And people, I think people speculated that something was going to happen to the ride. It was going to get replaced. But the Disney official said, no, 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 it's just being repaired. It'll come back. But in fact, it did not come back, and it was permanently closed in 1996. Yeah, that's interesting, though, because it had a lot of technical problems. But tell us about the ride, Ezra. What happened on the ride? It was the counterpart to the submarine voyage attraction at Disneyland, which is now Finding Nemo submarine voyage, which you go underwater and you see some sea creatures and go through a submarine underwater. And it was similar to what submarine voyage had at Disneyland, before it became a Finding Nemo ride. Right. And the ride, I know, was really cool, and a lot of people remember it and thought it was one of the best attractions. But despite all its popularity, it closed due to a lot of technical problems it had. Yeah, so on the ride, you'd see a lot of different sea creatures. You'd find the ruins of Atlantis. It was hosted by Captain Nemo. It was an audio recording that played over the speakers. By Peter Renaday. Yeah. And I believe you got to see the iconic squid on the ride. Is that true? I think so, yeah. So obviously I think everyone knows that there's a book called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, 
what people might not know is that there was a Disney adaptation of that book in the 1950s. If that classic Disney live action film from 1954 was a Technicolor adventure film, and it was one of the early fully live action Disney films, their first to be entirely live action was 1950s Treasure Island. Mm -hmm. In the movie, there is a very famous uh, epic fight with a giant squid that received a lot of praise. And I think the movie actually won a couple Oscars. Yeah. One for best art direction and another for best special effects. So it, it received a lot of praise at the time for its special effects. Captain Nemo is framed as this sort of anti-hero. He has a very yeah. tragic backstory where his family was killed. Yeah. He had had been imprisoned in a penal colony and escaped with his crew. There's a lot of a lot of action, lots of drama, and yeah. There's also currently a Tokyo Disney Sea, which is the sister park to Tokyo Disneyland Park at Tokyo Disneyland Resort. There's also a Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea attraction, which is very similar to the one that used to be at Walt Disney World's. Yeah. So yeah, it's a Dis Disney parks have had water rides like this one. You know, mm -hmm. even though it's closed, you can still see its influence on these other submarine rides that followed a similar pattern. Also, the, to the one at Disneyland, the exterior to Ariel's Undersea Adventure contains a silhouette of Natalis on the rock, on in a rock wall, and the Tiki Bar Trader Sam's Grog Grotto at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort serves a cocktail called the Nautilus, which itself is styled drinking vessel resembling the submarine and features a dive helmet mechanical squid tentacle that pours liquor behind the bar. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, those are some things based off of the ride and uh, the that, movie. Yeah, no, like things they had, like when new, so there were some little things that came from the former attraction when new things came. Right. All right, so that was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and we have one more ride, except it's not really a ride. It's the Swiss Family Treehouse. So Ezra, can you tell us a little bit about what the Swiss Family Treehouse is? It is a treehouse that is a walkthrough attraction, is, which is at several of the Disney parks. The Disneyland version opened in 1962 and closed in 1999, and got rethemed as Tarzan's Treehouse in conjunction with Disney's animated Tarzan film when it was released. Right. Yeah, so what do you do in this You walk ride? through that ride, you go through the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, and it's all around a jungle on an island where they get stranded, which the movie is from, based on a classic Swiss novel. So it's based off a movie called Swiss Family Robinson. It came out in 1960. It's kind of hard to talk about the ride without talking about the movie because in the treehouse, basically, you see uh, recreations of rooms from the movie. Like one of them was an old record player. Right. One has an old record player. Some have hammocks and all these sort of old-timey... Objects and treasures. Right. I know that the record player is still there on Tarzan's treehouse because it came from came from swiss family robinson treehouse that's one of the things that is still on the attraction which it is today as tarzan it still exists as swiss family robinson in adventureland at the magic kingdom park at Walt disney world disneyland paris in adventureland and also in tokyo disneyland yeah so the ride itself is based off like i said is based off a movie called swiss family robinson it's about a family that gets stranded on a island somewhere in the oceans by New Guinea. 
and their their ship is attacked by pirates they get shipwrecked and abandoned on this uninhabited island and it's sort of a back and forth of trying to run and protect themselves from these pirates who want to capture them and use them for ransom and building a new life on this island so they build this gigantic treehouse they fashion all these inventions and that sort of thing to sort of make it livable and make it more than livable i mean it looks very very comfortable so there's this big fight between the family and the pirates who attack and the family gets rescued at the last second by another ship that comes in and blows the pirates up and they decide to colonize the island the father is going to become the governor of this island most of the family remains there to live on the island yeah i know and i did hear that there is a pope the disney is developing the idea of a remake interesting but they haven't said when it's gonna come out yet it's already in early stages of development right right yeah, so the ride, you can still go to the ride at Disney World, like you said. It used to be at Disney World. Disneyland. Or Disneyland, excuse me. I think it's at how many places? I want to say it's at like four other parks. Three, actually. Three other parks. Yeah. Yeah, three other parks, and it's still seems to be quite popular, even though I don't know how many people actually know that it's based off of this old movie, but... Yeah, it it just goes to show that Disney in general, Disney parks in general, are really good at crafting stories from their rides so that you don't need to see the original film to really appreciate what's happening, what's going on in the ride. Yeah, yeah. The Tarzan Treehouse, which is what Swiss Family Robinson was originally, which is now Tarzan at Disneyland, it's still at Adventureland, and they also have one in Hong Kong Disney as well. Okay, so I think... So those are the four rides that we have. They're based off of movies that I don't think a lot of people know, but now you do know. Some of them are hard to find. It's really, really hard to find Song of the South. But yeah, it's just fun little background on on rides that everybody knows that are really popular that not everyone knows where they came from. I hope you learned a lot from them, and I hope the ones that used to be at like Disney World or Disneyland, I hope... You remember enjoying going on them when they had them back then? Yeah, actually, that would be fun to hear from people if they ever had a chance to actually ride on those rides before they closed down. If you ever had the chance, send us an email. Tell us your story about riding those rides, and and we'll share it on the next episode. Yeah. Okay, so I think that'll be it for our feature presentation. Okay, so that will be it for episode two of season two. But before we let you go, we have a trivia question to answer and a trivia question to ask. So first, let's answer last week's trivia question, which was, what was Mario's original name? And Ezra? Mario's original name was Jumpman. Tell us a little bit about that. His first appearance was in the iconic classic arcade game Donkey Kong, where you play as him and and you rescue the princess from a gorilla who throws barrels. Yeah, so the basically the whole premise of Mario had been invented in that game, except instead of Donkey Kong, it would become Bowser. Before Donkey Kong was was it his own franchise. Right. Okay, so that was the answer to last week's trivia question. Now for this week's trivia question. <laughs>
Ezra, what is this week's question? Why are the pigs in the Angry Birds franchise green? Great. So that's a very interesting question. So if you know the answer, let us know. Send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. And before we close out for this episode, just as a reminder, we have a Patreon now. If you feel so inclined to support us, go ahead and check out our Patreon page. We will have exclusive posts for patrons, behind the scenes, fun stuff, things like that. So our Patreon page is patreon.com slash animation and beyond. So give us a look on there. Animation and Beyond is written and produced by Ezra Fieldsmeyer and Casey Cantrell with music by Noam Fieldsmeyer. We'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast. Got a comment, question, or recommendation for future episodes? Let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page or send us an email at animationbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye! See ya!